Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, October 22nd, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. A lot to get into as usual this time of the year, my friend. Of course, let's start with Ohio State at Indiana tomorrow, Jay Book. 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Game will be televised on ABC. Buckeyes favored by 21 points. We'll give our predictions next but just your general thoughts on this matchup what do you think of indiana and just what do you think of this matchup yeah indiana was a football team coming into the season that had a lot of high hopes after having a remarkable season last year they haven't lived up to those expectations but a lot of that is because of their quarterback michael Penix has been hurt so they struggled at the quarterback position i think indiana is a team that they're kind of on the ropes so far this year they played Michigan State close last week, gave everything they got. Now they're facing an Ohio State football team that is starting to hit on all cylinders. This has the potential, Dave, to get ugly. I know Indiana is looking to try to play uh, their true freshman 18-year-old quarterback just to try to spark a little offense into the into their system there. And if they're really if they're willing to have a, a two quarterback system with Tuttle and the true freshman, that tells me that they're searching. They're searching for someone to get out there and make some plays. And the way Ohio State's operating on offense, I don't think Indiana has enough offensively to keep this game close. All right. We got a lot of other stuff to get into, but let's just give our predictions now. A lot of times I save that for the end of the show. Let's just give our predictions now. What is your Final score prediction for this game. I have Ohio State running away with this game. I have a 51-17. Uh, Ohio State going into the bye week was was hot. They were hot offensively. C.J. Stroud was playing his best football of his career so far. And I think with the bye week, getting guys back healthy, giving them time to rest those legs, you're getting some of your true, uh, your, uh, true contributors back. So I think Ohio State's going to keep – Keep the train rolling. The defense is still going to uh, have to continue to progress, but I don't think Indiana has enough offensively to threaten the defense. And right now, this Ohio State offense is the best in college football, and I don't see Indiana slowing them down. We both have them covering. You are more optimistic than I am, so I hope you're right. But I have them winning 45-20. to 20. I have Ohio State 45, Indiana 20. You have them 51-17. I, I like your score better. Let's hope that's what it is. I hope, let's hope they win by 34 and not, quote-unquote, just 25. Either way, we both have them covering the 25, or excuse me, the 21-point spread. All right, uh, moving right along, Tyreek Smith. So Ryan Day was asked about this yesterday, and, you know, there's been some talk. They're not going to say this. There's There was some talk that Tyreek Smith was in the doghouse. You know, he was dinged up also earlier this year. You know, Ryan Day was clear, though. Like, now, like, you know, clean slate. You know, he's healthy. He's ready to go. He's had a good week of practice, and they feel like he's going to be a big part of this defense down the stretch. I thought he'd be a big part of the defense the first six weeks. He really hasn't been. But they're going to need him, man. And just your thoughts on Tyreek Smith going down the stretch here. Yeah, I agree. They're going to need him. Uh, You're not getting anything from him. This year has been a big disappointment so far. 
He played extremely well, showed his potential in the playoffs last year against Clemson, missed the national championship because of COVID, and it's been somewhat spiraling for him as far as the expectations this season. So for Tyreek Smith, the time is now to step up. It's, it's now or never. I know he has NFL aspirations. He hasn't put anything on tape so far this year to make you think that he should be drafted in the first three rounds. But there is an opportunity there for him to really show what he can do as far as a pass rusher because they're going to need him to really get after the quarterback as they get into the meat of the Big Ten schedule. The secondary, the defense, they're only going to be as good as the pass rush. If they're not able to get after the quarterback, get them off their mark, uh, pressure them to get the football out of their hands, then that hurts the defense and exposes some of the weakness. And they were relying on guys like Tyreek Smith this year, a veteran that's played a lot of football at Ohio State to lead the way for these younger guys. But so far, he's been uh, a disappointment, but there's still time for him to write this ship and finish out this year having uh, a good second half of the Big Ten season. Speaking of getting out of the doghouse, Mayan Williams will be back this week. What do you expect Mayan's role will be tomorrow? Hopefully he plays that one-two punch. I mean, we've had it in a boarding house that, you know, same same deal with him. The slate's clean, time for him to get back. You know, you had a mixture of injuries and uh, doghouse issues with him, but it sounds like him and uh, Tony Alford has been able to, you know, get things cleared up. So hopefully Mayan comes back and he's running with a full steam ahead because Trevion Henderson has said a long time, even in his early recruitment, that he wants – to be able to split the load with someone because it keeps him fresh. And that's what you're going to need with a young 18-year-old running back in, in the Big Ten, which is the most physical conference in college football, in my opinion, especially in the Big Ten East. So you're going to need Mayan to step up, show that he why he was named a starter early on in the season. I know things haven't really played out like he was expecting, but there's a role for him. There is an opportunity for him to show that he is also a heck of a, a football player. And the college football world will see if you can get that running game established with Henderson and Mayan, it's really going to make life a lot easier for C.J. Stroud, knowing that you don't have to throw the ball 40 or 50 times to win the game. You can ground and pound somebody if you choose to. And if that's the case, then you're going to have to make Big Ten defenses decide how do you stop this Ohio State offense or am I going to creep guys up to the line of scrimmage and crowd the box to stop Mayan and Henderson or am I going to play zone try to drop guys back and, and stop the passing attack and it's an impossible task but at the same time it's going to be up to Mayan they're going to give him the opportunities to thrive and it's just going to be up to him to see how he grabs it grabs the ball by the horn and, and really runs with a purpose and play with that chip on his shoulder like he's shown so far. It's been a big week of recruiting for Ohio State, Jay Book. Um, you know, it started with, of course, Ohio State landing, Kenyatta Jackson, the high four-star defensive end uh, from South Florida. And then midweek, a little bit of a surprise, I guess not really after they offered him, um, offensive tackle Avery Henry from St. Clairsville, Ohio, Buckeyes now with 16 commitments in this class, ranked number four in the country. They began the week number eight. Jackson vaulted them to number five and then getting Avery Henry, even though he's a three-star, a little bit of a project. Um, now they're ranked number four. For those that are wondering, the top classes right now, Georgia number one, Bama number two, 
Penn State number three, and your Ohio State Buckeyes checking in at number four. So what do you think about I me? Mean, obviously, Lanny Kenyatta Jackson, that's fantastic. What are your thoughts about that? What are your thoughts about Avery Henry? And just your thoughts overall on this 2022 class for the Buckeyes. Yeah, we'll start with Kenyatta Jackson. Um, this was a recruitment here that Ohio State, I, I believe, led, through, led for the longest period of time here. I know there was some smoke about Alabama and Oklahoma. Obviously, anytime you're in a recruiting battle with Alabama, they're always going to be a threat. I always thought that once Jackson didn't make that Oklahoma trip, that he was going to be an Ohio State Buckeye. It was just a matter of time. So it's good to get him in the fold uh, right before signing day in December. So this is how you want to play Florida recruits because we've seen numerous times where Florida recruits commit in the summer early on and they end up decommitting after they take visits. But getting Jackson this late in the game tells me that this one would definitely stick. And his words mean a lot talking about how he he believes Larry Johnson's not only going to make him a better player, but also a better man on and off the field. Uh, so this was a, a Larry Johnson special where he developed a strong relationship with Kenyatta Jackson Sr., the father, the mother, uh, as well as the player here. Uh, Avery Henry, he's a guy that I know there was a lot of buzz on social media, fans complaining about, you know, his ranking and stuff. But I tell you what, give me an Ohio high school football player who maybe has developed late in the game. Any day of the week, if Ohio State believes that he can play, Ohio State's not in the business of handing out offers to people they do not believe that can play here. Avery Henry is a big guy, big, strong guy. Uh, uh, he's going to try to play tackle at this level, obviously coming from a smaller school here. But Ohio State has made a killing. They've made an absolute killing day of finding those three-star projects in the state of Ohio that turned out to be gems. I mean, you look at uh, Dewan Jones, even though he's from Indiana, stud got him on campus, three-star guy, was ranked in the thousands on the 24-7 composite overall player. And he came in, and you and I, I remember conversations that we had on Bucknest Morning 5 that he was turning heads, shocking people that a guy that was considered a developmental project was coming in, and he was pushing people to get into that too deep right away. Not saying that Avery Henry is going to be that far along as, as Dewan Jones. But I trust that once he gets on campus, they're going to be uh, able to develop him because you look at the three star guys, Mayan, you look at Josh Fryer, uh, who was pushing to get playing time. He was ranked in, a, uh, I believe, 500s coming in out of Indiana. And he's a guy that a lot of people weren't high on, didn't know if he could play here, but he's found himself in the two deep. So I trust the evaluation of the Ohio State staff. You don't want to, you know, poo poo on a kid you know, who's living out his dream because of his rankings. He can't control that. But what you can control is how you attack the game. How do you handle your own business? Control what you can control, which is work your, work your uh, butt off in, in the weight room, pound people on the football field like this kid is doing. And once you get on campus, give it everything that you got. And if he's buying into the system with his talent, his raw skills, his frame, then he has an opportunity to play here. And I hope the, I hope the best for him because I think that uh, it's going to take him a little bit of learning curve when it comes to the speed of the game coming from a smaller program. But make no mistake, Ohio State is not in the business of offering kids if they do not believe that they can eventually play here. Speaking of the 2022 class, last thing here, I cannot wait to get your take on Drew Aller. 
the number one quarterback in the country, according to 24-7 Sports, the in-house rankings. Composite has him as the number seven quarterback in the country. From right here in Ohio, Medina, Ohio. How rare is it that there's the number one quarterback in the country right here in Ohio? Again, according to the in-house 24-7 Sports rankings, he is number seven in the country in the composite. Drew Aller committed to Penn State, but Ohio State has offered. What kind of chances do you give the Buckeyes of getting back in this? I know Steve Wiltfong talked about this yesterday. He kind of dropped a hint. It kind of depends on the coaching carousel. Hello. Hello, James Franklin. Yeah, but James Franklin's from Pennsylvania. I tend to think he's going to stay there. But Jay Book, what chances do you give the Buckeyes of getting Drew Aller, getting him to flip from Penn State? I mean, when you're you're talking about Ohio kids, there's always a shot there. Um, this was a kid that always was very talented, was uh, I believe he was in the four stars or so when Penn State offered. And but you look at Ohio State's quarterback room with the guys that they have and everyone being so young. That's been the rumor why Aller wasn't as high on Ohio State initially is because of all of the bodies that they currently have in the quarterback room. But I truly believe if there is a coaching change at Penn State and Ohio State decides that they're going to be all in on this kid because they always want to get a quarterback every class. Uh, and with um, and, and, and with this kid going to Penn State, one of your Big Ten East rivals, being the number one quarterback in the country out of your own backyard, you know, it, it hurts somewhat, but it's, it doesn't hurt as much considering the, the talent that you currently have in that room. So it's going to be something that we all have to sit and see how that plays out because I think it's going to be contention on if James Franklin decides to get take that USC job if he's offered or the LSU job with you know some rumors being kicked around here. But for now, if I had to have a gun to my head, I would say he sticks at Penn State with Ohio State kind of leaking in the background there. Okay, I lied to you. I have a follow-up. Every good journalist has follow-up questions, right? Do you think James Franklin, I'm not talking about if they offered him like, you know, $30 million and, you know, you could something crazy offer you can't refuse. But do you really think James Franklin would leave Penn State for an LSU or a USC as long as Penn State is willing to take care of him as well? I do. I I, I truly believe James would take the USC job. I mean, I had a poll on, on you know Twitter a couple of weeks ago. What's the better job, USC or LSU? And majority of the people said the USC job. And I can just see James out of USC, Hollywood type of guy, splashy program. Uh, he brings that charisma, you know, to the to the USC. He's a guy that has shown that he's a proven recruiter. You know, sometimes he leaves a lot to be desired as far as a, a game manager coach on the field. And he's not necessarily known as a big X and O guys, but he's done a heck of a job at, you know, Vanderbilt. He won there. He, he was able to right the ship at Penn State fairly quickly. And I think the job in the rebuild at USC will be right up his alley there. And I think as far as James, the question has to be is how happy are you at Penn State? There's been some smoke out there that, you know, he may feel underappreciated at Penn State. They may not appreciate, you know, everything that he's doing for that program. A lot of people believe that the USC job is a, a lot easier than Penn State because you don't have to face Ohio State every week in the Big Ten East and the the Pac-12 is wide open out there and it would be much easier to recruit in Southern California than it is to State College so I can see where James can easily uh, go out there and have some success so I it's something to watch I, I truly believe that it's a legitimate opportunity for him 
to take that coaching job and, and really get USC back to being a Pac-12 contender. Great insights, as always, from Jonah Booker. Thank you very much, Jay Book. Thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning in the show. We appreciate that very much. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Or to that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Mm-hmm.